Hey, hey, this is Elevate Life with Angie. That's me. I'm your girl. Listen, here we're going to talk about emotional awareness and personal transformation. We're going to have some fun and keep it real. We're going to stay away from shame and judgment because don't nobody need none of that. So stick around, relax, enjoy yourself as we elevate life together. Hey, welcome to another episode of Elevate Life with Angie. That's me. I'm your girl. Thanks for hitting play, you guys. I'm so happy to have you here. So today I have another guest, which is my favorite thing to do. And this person is just one of the coolest dudes you'll ever meet. If you ever get the privilege of meeting him, he and his wife are um, my buddies and I just adore them. I adore them. Um, We're going to give him some room here to talk about some things that are on his heart. He really has some cool things to share And, um, I asked him to be on here because he's, to me, he's a living, breathing example of goals. Um, (laughs) he's imperfect, just like me. And he's on a journey to grow and heal and improve every part of his life, just like me. And so He's super qualified to be here today, not because he has a PhD or he's a, he's a theologian. I actually don't. Those are not my friends, those people. I don't know that I would. I shouldn't say I don't want to be their friend. But anyway, anyway, um, this is my friend, Eric. Hey, guys. I am so excited to be here. Honored. Thank you, Angie. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. So... I was going to, I don't know why, but I just want them to know your age, if you don't mind sharing that. Yeah, no, I don't mind. I am 29 years young. Bro, you're almost 30. I know. Does that feel, how does that feel? Honestly, it feels really good. Good. It's kind of funny because I just turned 29, February 25th. Okay. And, you know, so many people will be like, uh-huh. Oh, you just have different, yeah, you get different responses exactly. from different people, exactly. but internally, I actually feel really excited Good. for the the 30s, for yep. this next decade, yeah. and for the rest of my life, so. Good. Yeah. Good for you. Good for you. I, I like that approach. It's so common, unfortunately, for people to have a negative outlook when we're rounding you know ending a decade but I'm like y'all I don't yeah I I guess I used to probably be like that but now that I have view things differently yes and I I have a totally different understanding like I've made a commitment to myself that I'm gonna always be willing to say how old I am like I'm 45 I'm not scared to say that I'm actually excited to turn 50 that's gonna be dope yes like dope actually that word is a part of my life now it's been reincarnated don't get weird christians um because i said that no religious um judgment in jesus name um but um 
I reinvented. That word has been reinvented yes, in my life because of you, dude. Really? Yeah, yeah. Because you say it all the time. Like dope. Dope. Literally, that's <laughs> dope. the thing. Everything, Eric. Like that's I'm like, dope. hey, dude, what's up? You're like, what's up, dope? Like you, you just say it. I all love the that time. word. I do too. It says that one word says so much. It says so much. I love it. Yeah. I love it. So, um, so good. No, that's awesome that you're excited about turning 30. You should be. Your 30s are going to be dope. That's what I'm saying. And, um, but I really relate to what you just said about, um, just the switch in mindset mm-hmm. that you had. And that's actually a big reason of why I'm looking forward to my 30s. Yeah. Because I didn't always necessarily look at it that same way. Yep. 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 So... Dude, you have an awesome story. Um, you've gone through a lot of stuff. And i it's funny, I've only known this version of you. So when I've heard yeah. you share just some of your past, I mean, I believe you. But it's just like, wow, so interesting. Because you are such a completely different person than what I've heard of. And so... Um, yeah, I totally want you to share, just share what's on your heart and let them hear some of your story. I, I'll say that I met you and your um, new wife, Selena. You're the second person on here who's had a, who has a new wife. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah. Because you guys, well, right now we're recording this in April 2021. So you've been married how long? It will be 10 months on April 14th. Wow. So one year, June that went 14th. Fast. It wow. went so fast. Wow. Well, awesome. Congratulations. You guys are still newlyweds. We give a shout out to Selena. What's up? Hey, girl. Love you, baby. Selena's awesome. Just adore her. She's going to be on another episode once she's done with school because she's in her senior year, yeah. like, end. So it's crazy for her right now, but um, she has so many good things to share. And I got to definitely have her on here. Yeah. Yeah. She's awesome. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, like, wherever you want to. Wherever you want to start. Yeah. I did want to ask because I'm so intrigued. Yes. When I first told you part of my story, was it hard to believe, like, looking at me now or... Well, yeah, that's... Yeah, for sure. Like, not not because, like, some of the content of what you shared was unbelievable, but... I, I won't even give away any anything in case you want to share it yourself, but you're yeah. like, yeah, this would happen in my life, and this is how <laughs> I would react. Or when this thing happened, like, this is literally what I would do, and I'm yeah. like, wow. Like, that part, I'm like, completely different person. Yeah. Talk about a new life. Talk about a new day, a new way of life. Yeah. I mean, that part is definitely what was hard to believe. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. It's kind of wild. Having having relationships and friendships with people that know me now, let's say within the past four years uh-huh. versus prior to that. Yeah. And combining those two worlds. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of wild. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, man, what do you, I mean, yeah, I think, so you're, you're, everybody has a story, right? And everybody's story matters and everybody's story is important and I love stories because stories go past our brain into our heart and heart connection is literally my world. (laughs) Um, It's just a way of life for me. I know we follow a lot of the same, um, a lot of the same people. We follow the stumbles and um, we're just big um, 
crackheads for them. Um, we're we like a, we're addicted to them. Um, you you and Selena have learned a lot from them, just like I have. And um, that's where I heard the phrase "stories go past our brain into our heart" from Abby. Yeah. Um, and I was like, "That's super true. That's why I love it so much because it's all about heart connection." And um, you've been on a journey connecting with your own heart mm-hmm. lately, which um, before I forget, you guys, some of you who are listening, some of the content of what you're going to hear, it, it might be the first time that you hear this type of a thing, these type of examples. He's going to say some things that you may not have heard it before. And so um, I encourage you to keep listening and um, you're going to get some good stuff out of this episode for sure. Um we're going to take a deep dive. This episode, we're going to take a deep dive. Eric is a deep... He's one of the funnest and light-hearted persons, persons with an S, I I, say that. that I know. Um, always laugh. Always have a good time with him. And he also has the ability to go so deep into his own soul. Our soul is made up our mind, will, emotion, imagination, and affection. Mm-hmm. And Eric has the capacity to do that. I don't even know if he knows that he's doing it, to be honest. But you do do it, homie. You do it in a dope manner. Um, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, you guys, we're going to go deep in this episode. Yep. Um, and what the content of what he's going to talk about, if we learn this skill, I do believe it's a skill, and um, practice doing this, this stuff can change your life. And you're going to, I'm not going to spoil it anymore. I'll let him give more context, but I'm just wanted to tell you in advance, it's going to be deep. It's going to be super powerful. Dudes, guys, don't hit stop. Have the courage to <laughs> listen to the episode, dudes. Yeah. yeah. That would be my encouragement too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Go for it, dude. All right. So yeah, there's a couple things that are my heart that I'd love to share. But I would love just to start with kind of giving a background mm-hmm. of my story. So like I said, I'm 29 years old now. And the past four years of my life have looked a lot different than the first 25 years of my life. And there's a lot of reasons for that. So if we kind of rewind back to... Me being three years old, my parents got divorced when I was three years old. And I think for any child, that is one of the hardest things anyone can go through. Mm -hmm. And I'll actually also add to that, I think it's so hard because it's become so common that people almost just write it off now. It's very true. It's very, very true. I heard conversation somebody said recently oh well everybody gets divorced exactly like every kid goes through that and it's like wait a minute hold up that doesn't make we can't make a light of the pain that's in that yeah you can't that's like saying everybody's oh everybody's a single mom home yeah oh big deal um excuse me it actually does matter it does yeah i've noticed and I grew up kind of with that response from a lot of people mm. um, because it was so common. Mm-hmm. And it almost makes the child 
feel like it's not the pain that they may be experiencing isn't valid. Yeah. Or they shouldn't be feeling it. That's exactly the message that it sends. Yeah. Yep. So you can only imagine Mm -hmm. that that could be really hard for someone that's experiencing one thing. They're experiencing the pain of a loss Mm -hmm. of their family being broken up. But then people around them are telling them, this happens to everybody. It's not a big deal. Like fifty mm, percent of like there's like some I would, I would get yeah, a yeah, statistic. Yeah. A statistic, lot. yeah. Like fifty percent of families get divorced. Yep. And I'd be thinking in my heart, yeah, but does that make it better? And at three. Yeah, I was so young, so wow. I don't even remember my family. I I have no recollect. I have no memories of having a whole family. Mm. So my only memories are actually of not belonging to a family. And that kind of takes me to, Mm. I was probably like eight or 10, eight to 10 years old. And I didn't even remember this, but my dad told me uh, recently Mm -hmm. that I came up to him. I was about eight to 10 years old. And I said to him, Hey dad, I don't, I don't feel like I belong to a family. And I've learned that a lot of that belief system stemmed from, obviously, my parents getting divorced at three. Mm -hmm. But then I transitioned into the way that my parents kind of split up their time with me is I would go to, I'd go back and forth from each home. Mm -hmm. So every other day, I would go back and forth from my dad to my mom's. And then we'd switch off every other weekend. So I know that in their minds, they were thinking, oh, you know, we just got to spend more time with Eric. And, you know, Eric doesn't have to go a whole week without seeing me. Hmm. But in my mind, I was never in one home long enough to actually feel like I could establish some sort of security mm-hmm. or some sort of sustainability i was just constantly packing up my bag you know packing up my bag yes. and and going to the next home and and that created a lot of pain in my life and a huge feeling of i don't i don't belong to a home mm-hmm. so mm. that then obviously carried through into my teens yeah and that pain almost seemed to build and something that I've just realized lately is for me it kind of started off with me not feeling safe Or like I belonged with my family, right? Mm -hmm. So for most children, their first sense of belonging is with their parents or their family, right? Correct. And just to add to that, so just in case somebody doesn't know, um, what we all experience is we form our belief systems in childhood. Yeah. Positive, negative, everything in between. Those are created when we are little. And the people in our lives around us, parents or whoever, family, teachers, whoever, 
what they teach us or their lack of teaching us something creates our belief system. And I'm not talking about belief system like God or, or, or that type of thing. I'm talking about what we as an individual, as a human, believe to be true within our heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit. Yeah. Do you have anything to add to that about would, our belief system? I would just say it really impacts the way that we perceive the world around us. Yes. The things that happen to us. Yes. The belief system, you can the same thing can happen to two different people, mm-hmm. but they can have totally different experiences yep. of it. Yep. Yep. So it's almost as if you're looking to prove your belief system. You're oh, mm-hmm. So if I believe I don't belong to a, I don't belong. Yep. I'm looking for every instance in life. Yeah. That's confirming that. Yep. And then it's just fueling that belief. It, yeah, it, it is fueling it. Like we're yeah. we're fueling the fire, and it's a, it's we're putting our faith in something, and whatever we feed, like our faith grows in yeah. it. Whether again, whether it's good or bad, like what you just said. As soon as you said that, I'm like, yeah. You think of like a. A broken 12-year-old boy who um, does not, who has a broken family and he goes out and he joins a gang. Why? Because he doesn't belong and he's like, I want to belong. I want to belong. Oh, they'll accept me. I can belong with them. So it's literally, you know, you're partnering. That's a destructive example, but that's literally how it happens. I actually do believe that a lot of that is tied to just someone desperate for a place to belong absolutely absolutely which is actually i think is just a human need oh yeah that's everybody has that desire yes and need to belong and we're going to try to find a way to get that need met a hundred percent and there's and that's normal there's nothing wrong with that it's yeah it's not a bad thing no it's not a bad thing at all every person wants to belong um when we do not have these strong, secure, safe, and comforting um, surroundings in our childhood, then it creates the gap in our internal world. Yes. Um, so then, you know, it, it kind of, it creates a little, a little monster. Um, I mean, that monster, not that, you know what I mean, like it's, it creates this thing inside yeah. that kind of eats away at us. Yeah. And then um, it really drives our decisions, our behaviors, all those type of things. Yeah. So to, to go back to your, yeah. unless you have something else to add to that point, but I think this could go jump into your, when you were starting to say teenager yeah. years. We can jump back into that and actually where we're going will flow into that. Okay. So pretty much I wasn't able to get that need met from my family, where is the first place where most kids look for. Mm-hmm. So I began to look elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was through friends, okay. right? Yeah. So I became friends with a certain uh, group in high school, and it led to me really wanting to fit in, mm-hmm. really wanting to belong, and almost being being willing to do whatever it takes. Sure, yeah. To belong. Yeah. Because for me, I felt desperate because yep. I didn't feel 
tethered yeah or bonded to anyone or anything yeah and i'm sure you were like starving for that yes yeah yeah so that is a recipe for disaster <laughs> and especially when you're in high school take notes kids it's, it's i mean <laughs> And I can actually look back on myself and when I now that I understand my story more, I can kind of give myself mm. compassion mm. for why I made those choices because I was so desperate to yeah. belong that essentially I tried to find it in friend groups, yeah. which led to me then really getting involved with uh, different like partying scenes mm-hmm. and... Um, and I'm not even like shaming those scenes at all. Yeah. But I'll just I just want to share my experience yeah, yeah. and my Absolutely. my my experience of it. Yeah. Because it started off for me as very low key. I would just drink and uh, smoke a little bit, like mm-hmm. on the weekends mm-hmm. uh, throughout high school, and wasn't super dependent on it at all. Just kind of was like a social uh-huh. butterfly, right? And yeah. would be invited to the parties and all that. But eventually it led to way more, what I would say, destructive behavior mm-hmm. because of the impact that it started to have on my life. And I really started to get involved in, I would say, pretty heavy drug use, mm. ex- experimenting in different drugs, mm-hmm. uh, drinking pretty heavily. When I would drink, I would want to drink to a point of being blacked out. Mm. And a lot of that also started because I had joined a fraternity my first year out oh. of out of high school because I wanted to belong. Yeah. So I joined this fraternity. Oh, that's a, the fraternities are cool little cliques. Yeah. I was You're like in automatic, the in crowd. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All the sisters want to be. Yeah. I yeah. was like automatic in and yep. I was willing to do and they put me literally through hell because fraternities have ha- the hazing. They do hazing. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I literally had to go through I mean people I mean being treated like crap. Yeah. And it's really sad to actually look back on it and be like, oh my gosh. Not sad is a from a pity place. Uh-huh. But a sadness of from from compassion and mm. empathy mm. of oh my gosh I'm so sorry Eric that you were you were willing you were that you had that much pain that you were willing to go to those lengths hmm. of belonging. Okay. Yes. Yes. Can you for some for those who are listening who might not understand you're talking about having compassion on yourself. Yeah. And your old self. Yes. Explain that to the listeners, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I would. I will do my best yeah, to yeah, break yeah. it down. Yeah. But essentially, compassion, a lot of times, can be as simple as acknowledging, and even saying like, "I'm sorry that this happened to you." So there's acknowledgement of the pain that happened. Mm-hmm. Um. You're actually acknowledging it and even, I would say, apologizing and saying, I'm sorry that that happened to you. 
And what that compassion does is it helps the person feel seen and understood and even loved Mm -hmm. in that place of pain. Mm -hmm. Because most of the time, I think we could all, we can all relate, we've all had experience with this. And there's no shame there because I've totally done it to people. But a lot of times when we're in pain or someone's in pain, we want to fix them or we want to get them out of the pain Uh or try to tell them, yeah, but, yeah, but what about this? Like, look on the bright side. Right. Right. You know? Yes. And I think part of compassion is actually putting the pause button. Yes. On that mm-hmm. and just sitting with the person yeah, and just being like, I'm so sorry that happened to you. That must have been so hard. Yes. I'm so sorry that your parents got divorced when you were three years old, Eric. Yes. That must have sucked. Yes. That must have been so painful. I can only imagine yes. what that must have felt like. Mm-hmm. What you're describing is emotional intelligence. <laughs> it's emotional awareness. Um, and what you're actually describing is emotional responding. Yeah. Now, some people know how to do that with another person. So you could tell me, my parents got divorced at three, and I can say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I can have compassion on another person, but we as... as um, Humans have not been taught to do that to ourselves. Yes. Now, I can sit here and listen to your story and be like, oh, man, my heart goes out to 20-year-old Eric for um, being a knucklehead to let himself be abused to be in a fraternity. Yeah. And I and now and I can be like, oh, my heart goes out to that. Like, oh, that that 20-year-old Eric just didn't even know that he didn't know. But you're talking about us doing that to ourselves. Yeah. People, let your mind be blown right now. <laughs> exactly. It blew my mind too. Yes. It, it, and I'm um a little a little ways into this whole um self-compassion, but this is some of the stuff that this can be life-changing. So, real quick, um where did you learn about self-compassion? Honestly, I probably learned about it from Justin and Abby okay. Stumball. Yes, that, that's where I learned mine. That is yeah. probably where I learned about it. Yeah. And I'll just go on record to say it was extremely hard for me uh-huh. at first because I didn't like myself. Mm. So it's really hard mm. to give compassion to somebody that you're... That you don't like. you don't like or that you really... I was really judgmental Ooh. towards myself. And I still I still do these things, so I'm not... We, yeah, I think we all still kind of yeah. struggle. Like, oh, I, yeah. you know, I've come a long way. I'll, there'll be little I've moments. So I totally get it. Yeah. And even what you're saying, um, having compassion on somebody that you don't like and somebody that you judge, dude, I still struggle with that with another person oh, that totally. I don't like totally. and another person that I judge. But again, we're talking about doing it to ourselves. Yeah. Whole nother level. It is. Whole nother level. Not only is this concept hard to apply, but even to wrap our mind around this. Um, yeah. This is, it's very, um, I mean, talk about nurture and comfort and just self-care. I mean, that. 
what you're describing is self-care on steroids, you know, like. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I've actually noticed that the more I just learn and go on the journey of being more compassionate towards myself, mm -hmm. it enables me to be more compassionate towards others. It's true. Because I actually, whether I realize it or not, I'm treating others the way that I treat myself. It's true. I started to see that a lot in yes. my relationship with my wife. Okay, okay. And it yes. it would it rocked me. Yes, yes. Yeah. Like when we are our own worst critic. Yeah. And then we're like such critics to other people. Exactly. It that is literally what happens. I definitely have noticed a shift in my own life. The more that I learn to give myself grace and compassion and kindness from who I am now at 45 all the way back to conception, honestly, um, the more that I've participated with that, um, taking that action, I've definitely been able to have more compassion on other people. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's because all of a sudden now you have it to give away. That's a really good point. Because... Before, it's really hard to give away what you don't even have. Yeah. And if you're not receiving compassion, yep. and it's going to be really hard to give it away. Yep. And that's not even something that we need to be hard on ourselves about. No. It's actually a place of, for me, it was relieving because I was like, oh my gosh, no wonder I'm having a hard time giving it away because <laughs> I'm having a hard time receiving it. Yes. And giving it to myself. So maybe I need to start there. Yes. Yes. Being connected to our own selves is yeah. is the best thing we can do when anybody who wants, who is on any type of personal growth journey, healing journey, I just want to learn and be a better person, like whatever, however you want to describe it or categorize it. That's, I think what you're saying is very, very key. We cannot give away what we don't have. It's, yeah. it doesn't. It doesn't work that way. It's yeah. not even a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you learned about um, having compassion on yourself. Mm -hmm. um, really, this is all part of being connected to your own heart. Yeah. Um, so you learned about that. And now you can look back at, I'm said 20 year old, however old you were at the fraternity days. Um and you don't judge fraternity, Eric. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm still in that process. Okay. You know? You're working on it. But as I've just gone on a very slow and incremental journey of understanding my story, mm -hmm. I've allowed myself to choose into giving myself i would say grace yes. and compassion and what yes. i mean by grace is saying you know what eric you actually have permission to to have made mistakes here to not have gotten it perfectly yes. to i've been messy yes but you were actually still loved there yeah and what's helped me with that is when i can actually view myself as that little kid mm -hmm. and because I think for most of us we would say that if we were to look at a little kid 
and they were to make a mess, all of a sudden we have more capacity to give yes. them grace yes. and to be like, oh, they're just a little kid. Yeah. But for some reason, as we get older, it becomes much harder because we think, oh, you should know by now. Hmm. You should have, you should stop me. Why are you still making mistakes? Yeah. Why are you, why haven't you arrived yet? And when, as I've learned to just still look at myself as a kid mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. that still values growing and learning, it's allowed me to give myself more grace yes. and acceptance yes. in the process. So good. So good. Do you, I really feel like this type of thing is a skill that can, can actually be learned. Yes, I agree. I agree. Um, sometimes when I have some of this type of dialogue, there'll be another person. So maybe in this case, a listener could be thinking, wow, this sounds so great. That's so awesome. I don't know how to do that. I don't have that. I don't, you know, they think about that they, the, what they don't have and I don't know how to do it and nobody taught me that. Well, you know what? You can choose to learn it now. Yeah. That's what you're doing. Yes. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. I was just thinking in my head, like, I didn't have it until I had it. And there was a process of the unknown to get there because there were so many moments of me having no idea what to do, Mm -hmm. really messy moments. And one thing I would say I've learned is just doing the best you can with what you have is enough. (laughs) I've had to tell myself that is, and I actually, I don't even want to judge what doing the best I can looks like. Even is, exactly. Yes. Yes. So I can't even measure what doing the best I can looks like. But I just believe and trust that I'm doing the best I can Yes. with where I'm at today. Yep. And that that's enough. Exactly. And I just take it one day at a time. So good. So, so good. That's such a healthy posture to have. Yes. Oh, okay. This is so good. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. So... Okay, where did we live off? We're like we yeah. do your story and then we like go to the right because it's some like good nuggets. That was some and good then we, yeah. You know. And it totally all ties in. It does. Yeah. I think so too. Okay, so where did yeah. we leave off? You said that you 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 have compassion on the yeah, so we, fraternity, Eric. Yes. So <laughs> I joined the fraternity. That really skyrocketed my uh I'll call it a destructive lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I have m- Minimal shame in saying that compared to what I used to have. Oh, that's great. So I look at that as, yeah, that was a destructive lifestyle. That really hurt me. That Mm -hmm. I really hurt a lot of people there. Mm. Um, But in that, so to kind of just step back for a second, I didn't get that desire or need to belong for my family. I then sought it out in friends and peep in just friend groups, mm-hmm. but I didn't get that meet need or desire met there either. And mm-hmm. actually, I got met with a lot of more pain, yeah, and different types of abuse, abuse. that I chose into. Sure, but 
that really hurt. So ultimately what I learned after that was, okay, actually, I can't trust anybody. Hmm. So then I actually consciously remember myself deciding to be a one-man wolf pack. Wow. And I actually started to almost like pride myself off Mm. of being this one-man wolf pack. And I would kind of create this story in my mind of, oh, I can can hang out with these different crowds. I still had friends. I still went to parties. Mm -hmm. But I cut off any hope or reality of really trusting anybody or ever Mm. belonging and I kind of created this story in my mind of, no, I was just created to be a one-man wolf pack. Wow. So you were the most powerful person. That's kind of what, that is kind of what I was trying yeah. to create. Yeah. At the end of that was, oh, I don't need anybody. Yep. I'm a one-man wolf pack. So I am, yeah. It, be- it, it to put a, um, a whole new face and took that belief system, your childhood belief system... To a whole other level. Yeah. Like in space. Out in space. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, and it became... And at that point, I honestly wasn't even really aware of all the events and things that happened that led to that. Sure. So I was walking this out, and I wasn't really aware of like, oh, it was all these decisions and things that eventually got me here. Mm-hmm. I just ended, it almost seemingly just, I just ended up there, it seemed like. Yeah. And, but that for me, looking back, was one of the most painful places I've ever been mm. because that is the the ultimate feeling of I'm completely alone. Mm-hmm. I don't have anyone to trust. I don't really have anyone to count on. Um, I was kind of a part of a friend culture that supported that and kind of that was the culture of, hey, it is kind of every man for themselves. Mm. So I kind of grew up in a friend group in a culture of can't really trust anybody. People, you know, just want to live every man for themselves Mm -hmm. so in a desperate attempt to be safe to protect myself because at the root of it too i was terrified absolutely Mm -hmm. i might have put it off like oh i'm this powerful guy i don't need anybody yeah yeah but actually the truth of the matter was is they were still like three-year-old eric there Mm -hmm. absolutely terrified of being hurt yeah like i'm talking terrified Mm -hmm. of being hurt so that carried on until I was honestly that carried on until within the past year Hmm. I would say Hmm. and it wasn't for me at least until I got married Hmm. until my wife started kind of whether she knowingly or unknowingly knocking on that door of Hmm. hey why don't you have any needs Mm. and why aren't you letting me in yeah and Hmm. yeah what does you not having needs look like 
Well, I'd say a couple of ways that it manifested in my relationship with my wife was it made it almost seem like she was really needy. And that's how I would mm. look at it is her just coming to me and having basic needs for, hey, can you can I have some physical affection? Like, can I have a hug? Can mm-hmm. we cuddle? Can, mm-hmm. um, can we, yeah, like those simple things, I would look at that and be like, why do you need that from me? Mm. When it came to doing things around the house, mm-hmm. I would just want to do my, like I'm doing my duties, my chores, but you do yours. You take care of you. I take care of me. Well, that's the every man for himself. Exactly. Yep, of course. And I remember one time... <laughs> um, we were, we had finished my wife, we weren't married yet, but we were engaged and we had finished dinner and I had taken out, we were kind of splitting up some of the, some chores cause we had just got done cooking and I had taken out the garbage and then she had asked me to replace the bag or something like that but I was kind of far away and my first initial response was why don't you just do it you're right there like you're right next to it Mm -hmm. and I had this viewpoint of I did my part why can't you do your part Mm. and I honestly got aggressive and this was this was kind of the very beginning or even a little bit before I started to realize that I operated like this one man wolf pack. But I brought that up and then essentially I found out through that discussion that she actually just asked me to do that not because she even needed my help but she wanted to do it with me. Hmm. And it rocked me because it showed me that the things that happen in your life can so shape your perspective mm-hmm. that you can view it and think you know the person's motives and intentions and you're trying to protect yourself yeah. from them. Yeah. And then you have a simple conversation with them and you find out, actually, I was just, just wanted to do this with you. And I, I might have actually broke down and cried <laughs> because wow. that was at the essence, everything that I deeply wanted wow. was to do life with somebody. Yes. Yes. Wow. 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 I can see it even as you're sharing it. What you're saying actually is stirring up some things in myself. Yeah. I have to do some (laughs) self-reflection and just say, oh, okay. I think that's a thing in there and within myself. Yeah. So good. This is so, so good. Wow. It. Go ahead. I was yeah. just going to say, it's, I know this is deep stuff mm-hmm. and it could be hard to listen to or it can be triggering, triggering, or it could be, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I needed to hear. It can be Comforting. a lot of things yeah. for different people and yeah. that's okay. Yeah. I would say that this was really heavy for me too. Um, But I want to also say that since I've been walking through this, it has been bringing me 
some of the most freedom that I've ever experienced mm. up until this point in yeah. my life. Yeah. And from my experience, the most life and freedom that I've reaped has come from being in the context of relationship. Yes. So it doesn't have to be your wife. Yeah, yeah. It can be a, a safe, close friend. Mm-hmm. It can be a family member. It can be a coach. I, it, it can be a lot of different uh, safe yeah. people. Yeah. For me, it's just been my wife. Yeah. Well, in your journeying together, you're both yeah. doing so much internal work and you're you're doing life together in yeah. every way. So that's ideally the way to do it, honestly. Um, I know when we had talked earlier, you mentioned self-sufficiency and trust. Yeah. And I know we got about mm, 10, 15 maybe minutes left, but let's let's touch base on that. For, for people who doesn't don't know what self-sufficiency is, how would you describe that? Yeah, I would describe it, and I'm going to also describe it from my own experience of it, yeah. because it's it can mean a lot for different people. But for me, I started to see self-sufficiency ultimately was me kind of telling myself or believing that I need to make, if I want something to happen, I need to make it happen. Hmm. Yep. It, you know. And feeling the weight of every outcome or decision, feeling like it was completely on me. Yep. So it even came up in my marriage, feeling like if we want to survive mm-hmm. and financially and and get these things we need, it's going to be up to me to make it happen. And it's almost like I would shut down into like a robotic mm. type mode. Hmm. to make it happen and it from it was ultimately because I was really scared that I wouldn't be provided for or wouldn't be safe Hmm. and I didn't trust that someone else would help me Mm -hmm. so I needed to almost disconnect from that fear and pain to then go into go mode Mm -hmm. and get it done yep but it has led to a lot of exhaustion (laughs) and anxiety yeah in my life yeah and what you're describing is stress and pressure which sucks it sucks in every way um i mean of course that would be your thought I have to make it happen. I have to because that goes along with your belief system. Exactly. I'm a one man show. Yeah. It's a I'm a one man band. I'm a one man show. Yeah. You like um you like Tyler Perry, you do the writing, the producing, the directing. <laughs> oh my God. That's starring. like my nightmare. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I thought it was like the dream, but now that's Oh yeah, God. that's funny. Like literally, yeah, like the one literally... guy who does it all. I've actually thought about him. I'm like, I've literally thought, 
does he do self-care? Because he like does everything. I hope he like, you know, I've literally yeah. thought that. But but of course you're going to ad- um, adopt that behavior because it just goes along with what you had believed, which ties in everything connects. When you were a kid, you're like, I don't have this. You grow up, you're like, I'm looking for it. I'm looking for it. But why? Because you really felt alone yeah. and stuck. I'm alone. I'm stuck. So you grew up, then the people around you showed you, like, yeah, you are alone. You better need to figure it out because that's what we're doing. And mm-hmm. yeah, we are all stuck. This is the only way we can make it. This is how we can maintain our life. We make it happen. We're the man. Each individual, one of us, as you progress in years, you just keep on. It's just the theme of life rather than I have a partner in my wife. I'm partnered to God. Yeah. So that's our Eric's a Eric's a, a Jesus homie, just like me. Yes. Um, and rather than understanding God's support and um, attentiveness and His faithfulness and everything that God is, and who your wife is. Yeah. It's like it's kind of like you knew it or kind of believed it, but you weren't fully like living in it. Yeah. 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 I wasn't. And it I wasn't I kind of had to and I still am, mm-hmm. you know, going on a journey of just uncovering Mm -hmm. those belief systems, Mm -hmm. but even just reestablishing trust with God has been huge in my life. Mm Because for me personally, it's just helped so much and bring so much peace Mm -hmm. to believe that there's just something, someone so much bigger than me. Yeah. That wants the best. Yeah. For me. Yeah. And whether it's God or anything else, I have a good friend who listens every episode and she's like the universe is her connection, right? It's the principle that there is something, someone greater than us. Yeah. And um that's such a beautiful um, thing to adapt because it, it helps it, us to not make things be about us. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because when you're saying, I'm a one man wolf pack, yeah. um, I have to do it. Oh, I have to make it happen. I have yeah. to, I have to, have to, have to. It's so self involved. Yeah. With, I mean, it's good intentions. Like, yeah, we're supposed to, you know, make things happen and earn a living or whatever, but it can be so self involved. Yeah. Um, I was working with somebody recently and they're um, really trying to break out of perfectionism, performance, and um, they totally know the Lord. Everything in their mind revolves around if they're perfect and if they're Mm -hmm. performing just right. And they're the kindest, just sweetest person you'll ever meet. And I kind of had to challenge them a little bit. I'm like, like, we've been going over this for a while. And uh, we have a great relationship where I can kind of, you know, I can speak the truth in love. And yeah. I'm like, have you have you realized that this type of lifestyle is actually really self-centered? Hmm. 
and I'm like, you know, a little cringy. I'm like, I, I love you enough to, I, I want to present that. And they were like, uh, I guess it is. I never thought about that, which is funny because they, as a person are not a self-centered person. They don't think like the world revolves around them or anything like that. That's actually not their character. We kind of are entertaining that type of thing, though, because it's all about us. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think, I mean, for kids, we really, like when you're, I would just go back to that yes. real fast, but when you're a kid, it really does seem like the whole world yes. is revolved around you in such yes. a way. And I think yes. a lot of times we will just take that throughout our lives. Yes. But me going on a process of trusting in something that's bigger than myself, yeah, bigger than my wife, mm -hmm. is actually given space for me to receive. Because I, like I explained, I've received a ton. Selena, my wife, has been a huge part of my healing journey. Mm -hmm. But I also recognize that she's not my source. So good. So it gives her it. She's released from that responsibility. Yes. So I'm not dependent upon her to be my God to yes. meet all of my needs. Yes. It frees her to play her part. So good. But she's human just like me. Right. And our parents are human just like us. And right. Our, Right. So we get to do life with other people mm -hmm. and they get to play a role in parts in our mm -hmm. healing journey. Mm -hmm. But no one person or is is built or enough to meet all of those needs. Yes, I love that. It's such a good point. This is why everybody splits up and gets divorces and everything because we don't fully understand this. They think... You know, the Jerry Maguire thing, You Complete Me? Like, yeah. it's, it's romantic and it's cute and I yeah. do like the movie. I totally get it. It's just not a real thing. Yeah. No, no, babe. And I've said this to many young people. I'm like, listen, they add a value to their life. They help your life to be better. 100%. Hopefully you're doing that to them too. The only one that complete you, can complete you, is God. Yeah. And there's more depth than that, and I don't have time to get into it. But yeah. another human being can't and won't complete us. And most of the time, these people have never learned the skills to be more than what you see in front of you. So not only that, but then we're putting all this, like, energy into somebody who doesn't even know how to, like, yeah. have emotional responding. Like, you know what I mean? It feels like so much pressure. Yes. On whoever's on the other side of yes. that. When yes. When you're putting that level of, mm -hmm. of expectancy yes. yeah, ex yeah. on someone and they're like, what are you talking about? Like, like I can barely take care of myself. Literally, yes, literally. It's so good. It's so good. Oh, okay, this is so good. Um, I intentionally wanted to have you on when you were in your journey um, because... I think it's important to, well, first, if we're willing to be vulnerable and honest and transparent, I think that's beautiful and powerful. And I I don't necessarily want to have somebody on who has all the answers and is trying to be, 
I don't think I'm going to ever have anybody on here who's they're genuinely trying to be perfect. I don't enjoy that. I don't believe in it. I'll work with you though. Like let's break that mess off of you, you know, but I wanted to have you on. Like I knew you had been married less than a year. Like certainly you're not on here claiming to know everything. You're at the beginning of a lot of this and there's a beauty and there's, um, just so much power and so much that we can gain from hearing where you're at now. And I, I want you to come back like in a couple episodes or whatever. Like I want it to do a, like a touch base again. Like how are things going? Like how is your journey? And like me sharing some, um, I don't know, update or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? I would love that. Yeah. 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 So we're going to um, run out of time in a second, but what are a few nuggets that you can leave with listeners like because sometimes people you know I don't want to just leave them with information but how can they apply this I'm going to leave a link to Justin and Abby's podcast um, because I just everybody should listen to them like I agree in they, life like it's like free counseling I yes it I literally is it literally is it's free if you can't afford counseling they're just um, listen to their listen to their podcast it's it's honestly been that's a great place to start okay yes i agree i agree that would be definitely one of my okay recommendations is to start there okay and i'll put a link in the show notes you guys um what's something that you can encourage them in as they're i think one thing that comes to mind is all the ultimate encouragement would be the truth is that you're not alone yeah that you're not alone. Mm-hmm. And this other part would be twofold. One, you are worthy of mm-hmm. compassion mm-hmm. and validation and love yeah. in the midst of your biggest messes and deepest pain. Yes. You were worthy of that. You were created to be loved. Yes. There and accepted there. Mm-hmm. But you are also not alone there. Yep. Or completely unique in the sense of there's other people yes. that are able to come alongside you. Yes. And share in that journey. There's others that understand. Yeah. There's others that can and there's actually healing that can happen in the midst of mutual understanding. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you want that. You guys reach out to me. Hit me up. My follow me on Instagram. Follow me at at um at Elevate Life with Angie on my social media platforms. You can reach out to me on Instagram. Um, we're gonna leave a either an email address or something yeah. for you, yeah. Eric, right? In case if anybody wants to reach out to Eric. Um and you guys can learn this. You can learn it and you can apply it to your own life. Yeah. I hope you were blessed and encouraged today. Um, yeah, we're going to have Eric back on here cause this was, this was so, so good. You guys, um, please share this episode with somebody that you love, somebody that you care about. This is a lot of good stuff here. It's really valuable. Just like you, you're valuable. I agree with what Eric said. Um, the, the phrase that has been coming to me lately is you are not alone. You are not stuck. You are never too much. And you're always enough. Love that. Take it. Believe it. 
it's true. Receive it. Receive it. Yeah. As always, you guys, remember, you are smart, you are strong, and you can do hard things. Bye. Peace.